Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I am interviewing a Brazilian painter, Alexandre Quito. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, what's up? How you doing? Uh, thank you for making it. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm so um, glad uh, you invited me to be a part of the podcast. And I'm here. Let's talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's let's get into the vital um, stats. Um, I read that you began drawing and painting when you were like six. So have you. Um, can you tell us a bit more about your background and where you grew up, things of that nature? And um, I have a part B to about let you start off from there. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a born and raised in Sao Paulo City uh, in Brazil. And, uh, you know, as a child, as a Brazilian child, we always love playing soccer. So I was yeah. always outside playing soccer, but I, at the same time, I was really, really active. I was the type of kid that wouldn't let nobody in peace. I was always trying to push everyone, you know what I mean? I was always messing around, but the only thing, the only thing that would calm me down was drawing. Mm-hmm. And my mom, she realized that earlier and that helped her a lot. Even like, for example, if she wanted to clean the house, I would never let her clean the house because I was always messing, you know, playing, you know, going out in the streets and coming back. But she realized that, and I don't even know how that started, but she mm-hmm. realized that if she, if I had a paper, pencils and crayon, I would leave her alone. So <laughs> and, and from, from, that, from that moment, Every time she wanted to give me something, she would give something that I would create. Yeah. I would use pencils, crayons to create and paint. And that, you could leave me like for three, four hours and would hear nothing, nothing. I would just be on my zone painting and creating, you know what I mean? Yeah, so your mom was like, this is the only way I'm going to get some peace here. So here, here's some pencils, here's some crayon. Leave exactly. me alone. <laughs> exactly. So it's so funny because when we, when we talk about art and we normally say about college, galleries, right? Mm-hmm. But the art can come into your life in a simple way of your mom saying, like, calm down. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. like as, 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 a, as, a, as a play, like, I was playing. But for me, it was like... I didn't, I didn't get into art, but it was a joke. It was a, a way of playing. It was a, mm. a way of like just relaxing. Yeah. But I didn't understood like back then that it was art. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where like no, this is just fun. This is just a thing that, exactly. you know thing that I'm doing. Yep, and then yep. when you you come back to it, you're like, oh no no, I've spent a lot of time doing this. I, I like this. This is yeah. maybe I have a future in this. So, and thinking back to some of those those early days, um, was there a, a, any visual experience um, that, like, something you remember, maybe a mural, maybe a painting, um, a, a coloring book, something along those lines, or anything in your personal history that said, you know what, I want to cover these topics. I want to draw like this. I, w- I want to color like this, paint like this. So, um, all right. That might be a long, a long answer. That's fine. But actually, when I was when I was younger in Brazil in São Paulo, we have a very particular way of tag that we call pichação. Mm-hmm. It's a very, it's a very particular. Like only in São Paulo city you can find this kind of tags, right? And I was kind of inspired by these tags. But remember, tags was like a really simple way of writing your name. Yeah. But that was something really popular and common in Sao Paulo. So 
And then I was kind of influenced by this calligraphy. And I was writing my name also as a tag, right? And at the same time, I had a friend of mine. He, he, came, he came to my house and he said, look, we should go to the community center because they have a hip hop class. Mm-hmm. I had a no clue what hip hop was. Right. Matter of fact, I, 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 I was listening to rap music. Mm-hmm. I saw graffiti, but I had a no clue that rap music and graffiti belonged to hip hop. Yeah. And when we went to the community center and then I saw like the guys dancing, people doing graffiti, people doing yeah. freestyle. I was like, yo, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I love that. Yeah. I love that. So that's how I got into the hip hop. I, as I say, like I was listening to have uh, rap music, but I had no clue that was rap music mm-hmm. because back in the days in Brazil, when you were listening to American music, mm-hmm. all kind of music, we would call American music. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. There was no distinction between rock rap. We were just, Oh, this is American music. Yeah. But, but from that day in the community center, I realized, yo, this is rap music. There's mm-hmm. a culture behind it. You know what I mean? Like there's a whole history behind it. I was like, yo, and was so fascinated. And, um, and at first I started doing the dance mm-hmm. and then I realized that I had no, <laughs> no skills for that. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to be honest. And we also got to be honest because there's some things that we like, but we, we can do it. You know what like, I mean? This isn't for me. This is for exactly. other people. I'll, I'll, I'll exactly. enjoy this. <laughs> exactly. And even nowadays, like I enjoy like when I see people dancing, but I said, nah, that's not for me. But then when I, when I saw there was also graffiti, that was drawing letters. And I was like, yo, I know this. It's familiar. Yeah. It was way different from what I was doing, like doing cartoons, you know, like when I was younger, but I was like, yo, I love this. And this kind of brought me back to that time that I was like, yo, I was in peace and I was in my zone doing and creating yeah. things. And that's how I started doing graffiti. And when I first started doing graffiti it was like the traditional way, like the lettering, you know, illegal, you know, all of this type of shit. But there was a day I was doing graffiti and then someone looked at me and said like, yo, good morning, what you doing? And that fake, that made me feel feel so special because mm-hmm. I grew up with so much love, but yeah. the love was not always there outside of my house. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when I when I was doing graffiti, someone stopped like, "Yo, good morning. How are you doing? What you doing?" I yeah. felt important for the first time outside of my house. That's big. And they're like, like shit. This is this is actually cool. Like someone that would probably not even look at me if mm-hmm. I was walking down the street. Actually, the person looked at me and asked me how I'm doing. Yeah. And then I realized that your graffiti is so powerful that I can engage and mm-hmm. interact with people outside. And so, I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was like this thing where you, you were being seen and in, in doing something that was a part of a community. And then you're like, you know, putting your stamp on there, putting your, 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 your position in there. And it's like someone sees you and acknowledges you and then shows you exactly. love and kind. Yeah. 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 And that, and that's so powerful, bro, because in the end of the day, we all kind of wanted this kind of recognition and like people see us somehow, mm-hmm. some way, you know what yeah. I mean? And I, as I say, like growing up with my family was always love. But once you step out of, outside of your house, 
the love was not always there, right? Right. And then I was like, look, this is like a great way of communication. Like I can't engage with the community. I can't exchange. I can talk. I can say whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, cool. Uh, what do I want to say? Because if I only say my name, I think it's kind of pointless because I have mm-hmm. a, like a powerful tool in my hands that I can pick. You know what I mean? Like uh, open up conversations. But if I only say my name, I was kind of like, oh, this is pointless. Um, and I was like, shit, I want to paint what I want to see, what I love. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a samba music. I'm not sure if you're familiar with samba, but it's like, it's the black Brazilian music. Yeah. And and the lyrics back in the days, nowadays it's kind of different, you know what I mean? But like back in the days was always about resilience, mm-hmm. about empowerment. About, like, yeah, I was like, shit, this is, this is huge. And also, I was raised with Orisha uh, ownership. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's the thing that I love. I love Samba. I love my Orisha. Let's do my research and let's get into how I can uh, express that through mm-hmm. my art. And that was um, huge in my life because I started to do my own African research. Because if you go to school in Brazil, there's no way, there's no way you're going to learn anything about Africa, but only a place that provided the word is labels. You know what I mean? So, so, so tell me a little bit more about, because I've, I've never been to Brazil, I've seen documentaries and tourist stuff or what have you, but what does that landscape look like, like, like racially or what have you? Is there like a lot of black folk there or what, what does that look like? It's not only that we are the largest black population outside of Africa. There are more black people in Brazil than Congo, for example. We yeah. are only behind Nigeria. And matter of fact, Yoruba has a huge, huge impact in yeah. our culture. So the majority of the Africans that were brought into Brazil, uh, the majority of the Africans that were brought into Brazil were Bantus. Mm-hmm. But I think Yoruba had, at least I can speak of my family because of the Samba and also because of the, the Orisha ownership, has more impact in our culture. So mm-hmm. if you go if you go to Brazil, and if you go to a few African countries in the West, mm-hmm. there's so many, like, so many similar aspects of how we live or how we eat, what we eat. Sometimes it's exactly the same thing, but there's only different names, you know what I mean? So, and, but all of that, I, I could not learn in the school mm-hmm. because what I learned in school is that Portuguese came to save us because we were <laughs> all savage. We're indig- yeah. like savage indigenous, indigenous people an African that was brought here to work, but who really brought yeah. develop, development here was the Af- was the Europeans, in particular Portuguese. But the Portuguese, mm-hmm. they were always the minority here. Indigenous mm-hmm. and Africans from different uh, countries were the majority since they uh, in, um, discovered this country called Brazil. <laughs> Yeah, and some of the and some of the because like you're the second like Brazilian dude I've had on this podcast, and one dude was living here, good guy, what have you, uh, Italo, and um, he's a great artist, what have you. He's moved back recently, and he was just telling me about just his experience in living there, and I was like, yo, is 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 Brazil black? You know, that, that was the thing, and then I'm looking at it, and I was like. Nah, these look this that dude looks like me. Like, like, what are we talking about? And just you get a different vibe. You see one thing, but then people are telling you it's very Portuguese, it's very this. And it's like, 
every person that I've seen in documentaries I've seen, I was like, I've seen people that look like me or have a similar sensibility that I have. Mm-hmm, yeah. But yeah, we, we, we are the largest black population outside of Africa, but you know, of any country from diaspora, they try to, you know, wash it out. Yeah. It's an erasure there. It's so, it's so crazy because last January I went to Cape Verde in Africa, Mm -hmm. Cape Verde in Africa. And there's a lot of Cape Verdean that they don't see themselves as Africa just because it's an island. I was like, yo, come on, man. Like, <laughs> there's no way. Like, what, like, but there's there's a there's a movement of, you know, um to, uh, trying to explain like, yo, we are Africans. Mm-hmm. It's not because we are in an island, but that island belongs to Africa. We African. Yeah. But it's crazy. I was like, nah, man, like because in Brazil I'm kind of used to that. Like people trying to uh more connect themselves more with the European side yeah but it came very like in africa like actually like, africa. like you're africa africa like what are you doing actually, like I, I was i was like that was something that i was like shocked you know what i mean so i want to i want to switch gears because because that's that's within the 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 subject obviously you've talked about what's baked into your work so let's talk about your work a little bit um so give me give me those that the process. What does that look like? Process, materials, techniques do you use to create your work? And is there a connection between your message and things that are important to you, right? And the way that you do your work, and the way that you produce your work. Yeah. So one thing that I always like to uh kind of explain about my work is that people kind of they don't get it at first. Mm-hmm. Is that the characters that I created, they are not humans they are statues because i'm i'm so fascinated by african statues mm-hmm. like i even myself i'm a collector myself i have i have different statues and uh i love it and also it's like it's handmade you know what i mean like i i like that like that connection with the tools with the wood and then you create something i love mm-hmm. that you know and uh and, uh, and when I started doing this character, that character was really looked like statues. But what happened was I went to Haiti maybe five years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's, a, that's a really curious story. But uh, I went to Haiti about five years ago, and then I was painting one of my characters. Mm-hmm. And there was this young girl, like maybe she was five or six years old. She was a kid. And she was like, where's the hair after my character? I was like, no, there's no hair because, you know, it's a statue. Yeah. And she's like, no, I want a hair. And she was like walking by all the time she was playing around. <laughs> and she was all the time like, yo, you didn't paint the hair. Where's the hair? And I was like, let me paint a hair for her. Yeah. Because in the end of the day, I don't live in this community. I'm going to leave. She's the one who's going to see this work every single day. And the way she was saying, like, where's the hair? Where's the hair? I was like, this is something important mm-hmm. for her. I was like, you know what? Let me paint the hair. And I painted the hair exactly like her hair. She was so happy. She was invited. <laughs> she was, like, calling her, uh, her mom, her daddy, like, yo, look, look, look. And then I posted. Yeah. And, since, and when I posted 
I have so many DMs and like so many people come to like, yo, I love it how he incorporated the hair. And I was like, but the hair was not supposed to there to be there in the first place because they are statues. So, but I realized the connection and, and then the message that I, even like involuntary, I was bring it up. Mm-hmm. And then I started to add a more realistic aspect into the statue. But it's a statue. It's not a, it's not like, you know, it's not like a real person. That's yeah. something that I always like to, to explain because people don't get it at first when they see it. That's why you're going to see the shape of, of, of the body and the face is much more a statue mask than like a person, mm-hmm. you know? And that's that's something. So, uh, and I'm I'm um, is a research about Yoruba statues mm-hmm. and the Baule people. Baule is is the uh, Ivory Coast. Gotcha. So I love I love I love the 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 aesthetics of their statues, and they are like my main main influence. Of course, like you know, I use also like uh, elements of the Brazilian culture in the dif- different like Af- West African countries. But like my main influence are Yoruba and Baule. And when it comes to the technique, uh, I paint acrylic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also do sculpture. It was kind of something natural because my main influence are statues. And then, you know, I decided to um, go to that path, also creating like more uh, sculpture. And, um, but I love, I love to explore. I, l- I love to try, uh, different techniques. Uh, I, sometimes I work with African, uh, wax, the African, um, fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with what I have, Sure, you know what I mean? That's yeah. what I like to create. So in, in terms of creativity, do you think creativity involves pulling your soul, pulling your soul out your heart and soul, but no, let me say it differently. Do you believe that creativity involves putting your heart and soul into everything? Or is it more like letting your mind flow freely and then witness what you get at the end? Like, it, wh- which do you it, think? I think both. And at the yeah. end of the day, in both situations, you're going to have your heart. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But maybe in one way, you're going to have it more intentional. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that the other way won't have heart at all. So for me, it's like I'm always reading, I'm always studying, and I have all of this information in my brain. Yeah. So even if I just want to freestyle, I just want to like you know let let it flow. Yeah. I still have so so much substantial in my mind that it's it's created dialogue with my mind and my heart and what I feel, what I think is good. You know what I mean? I think it, yeah. it, either way you're going to have your heart on it. Um, and you're going to feel it, bro. I'm yeah. telling you, if you see an art, it doesn't matter. It can be just like one line. Mm-hmm. But if the, the artist created with their heart, mm-hmm. you're going to feel it. So for me, it's like, I don't really, um, I like technique, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't put a technique over the heart, above the heart. I, I, I need to feel something. Doesn't and, matter and your doesn't matter your technique. Doesn't matter w- what you do, but if I feel it, yeah, I'm feeling. You know, that's the thing I, I've heard from a curator. Uh, he he's talking about like certain work that he looks to showcase. And he's like, yeah, I can see all of the technical skill, all of that stuff. He's like, but do I feel it? 
you said, do I feel it when I'm you know, receiving it? And I was just like, okay, that's, that's interesting. And I've kind of used that. And cause I've, I've had people who I'll say, Hey, listen to the podcast. And they're like, I don't know anything about art. I don't get art. It's like, what? And I was like, look at this. Does it make you feel something or have you, what, what is that feeling? That's where you start off from. And then you get into all of the criticism components, but really it's a base thing. It's something you feel. Yeah. There are two things about what you said. Um, the first thing is like, it's how art is presented to us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And hip hop presented art in a different way that was more attractive to me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if I have a gun to the ghetto, I was like, nah, nah I don't want to be, I don't even like here because I don't, t- I, I talk loud. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to <laughs> be together because like what's the point of me being together if I, if I got to, you know, you know, like low, like low down my voice. It's actually like, like yeah, what, we do you, don't, what do you think about this artwork right here? It's, it's actually, <laughs> like we don't talk like that. In my yeah. house, we don't talk like that. You know what I mean? What's the point of me being in a place where I can't be myself, right? Yeah. And I think that's what's something uh, I'm like always thankful that hip hop presented me art in a different way. Mm-hmm. That I was like, oh, I'm welcome here. All right. So, and now I see the difference of the words and I can't go to a gallery and I know mm-hmm. that I won't change nothing about who I am. But I can also go to, to my studio and let it flow and just create what I wanted. You know what I mean? And I think um, when it comes to the creation and something is important, it's like you get in your zone and how much you give. Art, art is about giving. Mm-hmm. It's not about taking. It's about you, you take information, you go study, you go, you travel, you, ha- you have different experience. But mm-hmm. once you get in your studio and your zone, you got to give. It's it's about how much you give. You know what I mean? I I agree with that. I I definitely agree with that. Yeah. It's, um, I think that's, sometimes that gets lost when people, they they forget what that transaction, because they feel like it's a transaction and it shouldn't be. It's like you give of yourself, of your experiences, of you're giving to your point and you're, you're exchanging. That's the exchange right there. And I think people, artists get it, get it lost when they don't, be honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. Do what you love. Like, like do what, like, you know what I mean? Like I normally say that to be a creator is the closest I can get as being a free person. Mm-hmm. Cause we, we're not free. We think we are free, but we're not free at all. Right. Yeah. But when I get into my studio and create to create, this is the closest I can get as a being free person. So, if you have that power of being free, why you would paint what people are painting? Why mm-hmm. would you, like, you know what I mean? You have the power of the freedom to create whatever you want and why you want to do what somebody else is doing. Why are you going to do what is selling? Mm-hmm. Why, you know what I mean? Like you wasting the power of being free. It's like you were touching on what's, what's, it's like you're being, you know, like you said, like I'm loud. Like, how can I be my authentic self? That's the thing that you really want. You want to be as close to who you are because otherwise you're just being somebody else for the sake of the thing that you love of making your art or what have you. And it's like, this isn't paying off for you. This isn't working for you. Exactly. But it it takes time. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It takes time, but you got to stick with your truth because Mm -hmm. people like, it, like there's so many people you know, but not necessarily you agree with the, the person is talking about. But there's that person that you say I agree with, and that's the same thing about art. Like just 
bring your truth. Stick with your truth. Mm-hmm. And someone is going to feel it. It might take time. It takes time. And I think actually it has to take time because you need to evolve. You need to make sure what you're doing, right? And, uh, and I think with all this internet, social media, um, make more make the artist even more confused because it's like a recipe i i make my cake and i have a recipe that everyone loves my cake <laughs> and the people just getting your recipe and 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 doing your recipe over there but why don't you create your own recipe and let people try your cake yeah. and that's the same thing about art like sometimes i just think art is just being so exact the same thing mm-hmm. because people understood there's a formula there's a recipe and it's just recreating the formulas and the recipes over there. And I think that's not good. Make artists getting lost in their path. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's a hard, it's hard, man. To be an artist is, is, is such a hard job. You know what I mean? And when you see something like, oh, that shit is working, let me try to do something similar. Uh-huh. And that's when you get lost again. It, it's, it's parody. It's like, this is what's selling. This is what, especially when... Yep you don't have to your to your point I mean, you don't have what looks like a formula or a recipe for quote unquote success in a way that feels substantive meaningful like people always equate it to critical acclaim but really they, they equate it to money i sold this much and whatever and you see someone else doing it you're like let me do some of what they're doing exactly. and then it takes away yeah. from what you actually love and want to do yep yeah and and one thing that people don't get it is that it's all about strategy as well. Like in the beginning of my career, I had to move to the countryside in Sao Paulo. I had to move to the countryside because it was cheaper for me to live in. Mm-hmm. Sao Paulo is so expensive. Like there's no way you live in Sao Paulo city and be an artist. Unless if you, uh, unless if you make it, then you can yeah. live in Sao Paulo. So I had to move to the countryside because I'm like, look, I can't. And you gotta again. It's going back to the point where you gotta be honest with yourself. It's like I can't afford this. I can't right. afford living in support. If I want to be an artist and I need time, I need money. I can't live in Sao Paulo. I had to move to the countryside, and I stayed there for four years. Mm-hmm. It was great because I didn't have to spend a lot of money with rent, with food, and whatever the money that I was making back then was enough yeah. for me to be in peace and create. Until I got to the point where I had more people, more visibility and more people inviting me and more gigs and more jobs, and then I would make it. But it's important for us to use a strategy. It's not about only painting. It's not like the artists that think, oh, if I paint the dopest piece, someone's going to buy it. It's not that. It's a strategy. You got to make sure like you, you can afford where you're living in. Make sure you have a place where you can create, even if it seems like some you stepping back, but you're not. It's just about a strategy. That's important. Um, I got one more question before I get to these rapid fire questions. And this one is um, just, you know, that, that resiliency piece. Um, so I read that you've completed more than 1,000 murals in over 21 countries. Um, where or how do you rediscover like inspiration when you're feeling like creatively flat, creatively dry? Yeah. Um, actually, countries were more, but, oh, nice. but murals was less. I think. <laughs> someone, it, it's so funny because someone said once that I, I painted over 1,000 murals. 
And when I heard it, I was I was trying to do the math. I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> but but you know, if it's someone say that and everyone every like everybody said that, but I think honestly was less than one thousand euros. Okay. But was more countries. And but but going back to your question, <laughs> I think it's it's is it not about it's about you like how can I say this? It's like is is the same motivation that you find every single day you when you wake up mm-hmm. is the same thing with the art. Like how can I find a new way to speak what I want to? Mm-hmm. Do I want to be more straight to the point? I want to be more lovely. I want to bring more people. Like how I want to approach the subject. Mm-hmm. And, and mind you, the word is so big and I haven't reached out to like not even 5% of the word. Right. So how I can reach it to different places. And, and I think that's one of the motivations and the challenges of being an artist, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I got three questions for you in rapid fire, and this is like the wrap up portion here. These answers are really quick. You don't have to provide any extra context unless you really think it's necessary. Um, All right, cool. so first one, because I'm interested in this, cause, uh, I, I was having a conversation recently and we were talking about guilty pleasures and the guest was like, no, let's not call them guilty pleasures. What are things that bring you joy? She's like, what are things that bring you joy? So what brings you joy, Alexandra? Um, movement to feel like I'm in a movement, to feel I'm alive. I, I would say movement, like to feel anything that brings me yeah. shit, I'm in movement, okay. I can move it. Um, so yeah. more than 21 countries, uh, where where's your where was your favorite place to visit? Senegal, absolutely, Senegal. I say nice. it loud and clear, Senegal again, <laughs> yes sir. Uh, and this 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 is the last one. I got a, I got recommended a book that I'm going to check out, and I'm very interested in like the routine of of artists, daily routines, and things of that nature. But this one is the the question I have: um, What is a clothing item that you're always wearing? I feel like some people are in a uniform, some people always have hoodies on, some people are always wearing like Chuck Taylors or something. What is your piece of clothing that you always have on? Oh man, um, can I say two? Sure. My my slides. I have my slides everywhere, everywhere I go. You know what I mean. But I also have my bennies too. I don't have my bennies on now today, but I always benny. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm gonna start wearing one because I I'm I got like the, the Look, wild baldy right now. I'm getting there, bro. I'm telling you, I'm getting there, <laughs> man. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm getting there. <laughs> I mean, you got the full beard. I got rid of mine. It's growing back, as you can see. You you got your joint there. Yeah, at least at least. <laughs> So that's all I have, but I want to, um, one, thank you for being on this podcast. This has been great. And two, um, I want to invite you to tell the fine folks to where they can check you out, where they can look at your work and check you out on IG. Absolutely. So I'm on Instagram or Facebook. I'm going to say as a, a, a Brazilian as Alexandre Keto, but probably going to see in the subtitle or something like that. So you just copy and paste my name. You're going to definitely find me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. And I also want to invite you to, uh, whenever you have the chance to come to Brazil, I'm always back and forth between New York and Sao Paulo. Uh, yeah. I'm actually in Sao Paulo right now. I'm going back to New York when the cold is over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I was not before the cold. cold. Nah, nah, no, bro. There's no way. No way. I'm, I'm, man, I'm, I was born and raised in Sao Paulo. Like, we summer the whole year. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to be there freezing the snow. 
Um, but whenever you have the chance, let's link up Brazil. Uh, I think it's a very interesting place to visit in, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, so sir. I'm gonna do my sign off here and then we can, we can we'll wrap up. Um, so for Alexandre Quito, I am Rob Lee saying that there is art in and around your city. You just got to look for it. Thank you.